Hello, hello. Welcome back to Lucifer's Lair. Oh my gosh. We have come so far. We're already in episode four and we're pretty much going to be finishing up my NDE story, my theories, um, basically this whole grimoire that I wrote uh, post-surgery. We're going to finish talking about it today. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and I'm also going to go over questions that I got on TikTok when I blew up on TikTok and um, was talking about it there. A lot of people had a lot of really great questions and I have those questions here today and we're going to answer them as well today and get into those. So I'm very excited. Uh, I also have been reaching out uh, to guests and I've already spoken with one. We're going to start with guests next week. However, we are going to be moving to once a month for this podcast just because of scheduling with other guests and time, all, all that good stuff. Um, we're going to be moving to once a month, so it's no longer going to be a weekly podcast, but that means that the quality is going to be even better. We're going to have a lot of wonderful guests, and those guests may have multiple episodes throughout that month. So I'll definitely keep y'all updated on that, and I'm very excited to see where this goes. So first today... Um, we're going to be a little bit all over the place um, because we are just picking up the rest of the pieces that are in that grimoire that I wrote. So we're going to be bouncing around a lot, <clears throat> but I'm very excited to share this with you. Oh, excuse me. <clears throat> Got a frog in my throat. <laughs> Let me drink some water real quick. <clears throat> Oh, excuse me. All right. So the first thing we're going to talk about, which this is when people on TikTok really, uh, I, I really lost them here. And more people were actually either interested or they completely were like, I don't want to hear about this anymore. This is getting crazy. Um, but this goes into a lot of theories that I have. And again, let's keep in mind during this time when I was experiencing all of this, I was on a lot of hospital drugs. So there is a very strong possibility that all of this is a hallucination that I experienced, but it really, really felt real to me. And we're going to go into the differences between dreaming versus reality hopping um, in this podcast as well, or in this episode as well. But first we're going to talk about what I call the LDVGS, which is the Lucid Dreaming video game server. Stay with me. I know this is just the beginning of the episode and it's already gotten a little weird. Stay with me. <laughs> I'm going to first read what I wrote. Um, actually, before I do that, um, I want to preface with saying, uh, let's talk a little bit about Lucid Dreaming. So, Lucid dreaming, we all know, is a 100% real thing that we're able to do. And for those who don't know what lucid dreaming is, lucid dreaming is when you're in a dream and you're aware that you're dreaming. And you could even control that dream and start to mold that dream into being what you want it to be. I have a friend that um, would lucid dream rather often and her and her partner got very good at it to a point where they were able to find each other in dreams and dream together and they would wake up and they would talk about it and they would actually have dreamed 
or dreamt, <laughs> whatever the word, the correct word would be, they, they would dream together. Um, and it was, it was wild watching this happen. Um, so with that said, keep in mind that what I'm about to say could very well be a real thing that somebody's created in their mind and is sharing with other people. <clears throat> so here's what I wrote. Lucid dreaming video game server. Yep, you read that right. I recognize a lot of this sounds crazy, but I don't know how to explain how real these places are. The LDVGS is a place where I believe you can access your dreams with practice, and I landed in it by accident. I know for a fact lucid dreaming is real, and people can meet up in dreams and dream together. It takes a lot of practice and focus, but it is 100% doable. There are people out there who have built very basic-looking video games and have created servers that you can join in-game in your dreams. I'm estimating it's been worked on for a about 10 years based on the world and the graphics. When I spawned in, I spawned by real people um, who spawned in next to me. I landed in a zombie video game and I did not want to be there. So I turned to another player and I asked how to leave and I was met with, oh, you should be grateful you're even here. So many people try to get here and you've tried getting here. You should stay and play. So the gaming community, of course, is probably just as toxic in the dreaming world as it is in our reality. Um, I did play the game, kind of, um, until I found a key to get out and I jumped into a different reality, different space, or maybe even a different dream. I'm not entirely sure. Um, basically, how these video game spaces work is you're able to access them in your dreams, and when you get there... Um, it was one of two things. It was either one, I was so caught off guard that I couldn't work the video game the way it was supposed to supposed to work because when I spawned in, I still spawned in in my hospital gown um, with nothing on me. So I was completely, <laughs> basically completely naked with no weapons or anything. <clears throat> but, however, when I saw other people spawn in, they would spawn in with full gear, like weapons ready to go, and they were able to manifest in this space, which I know we talked about um, in the last episode about manifesting, and these worlds are really a big thing of just being able to conjure things. But I either couldn't do it or just didn't have the practice of able to do it that in these games when I spawned in, people would look at me and be like, what are you doing? You know, why are you wearing that? And I'd look at them and be like, you need to help me. And they'd be like, uh-uh, no. Like, this is supposed to be a secret secret place, a secret society. The fact that you're here, like, you need to be paying attention. You, you need to do the damn thing if you're going to be here or you need to get out. But I didn't know how to get out. I didn't know how to spawn out. And nobody would help me spawning out. So... In this zombie game, I, I ran around and just tried to avoid as much as I possibly could until I found a key and, like, a little hole in, like, the side of the... I don't know how to explain it because it's, like, if you think about, like, a, a, a back wall scene to a place where it looks like there's more space but you kind of hit a wall. Like, you know how in video games, like, sometimes you'll just hit the end of the video game but it'll look like you could go further but there's an invisible wall there. It wasn't until I reached that wall where I was able to like use this key to get out. That was the only way I was able to get out of this space. <clears throat> Excuse me, I apologize. 
This morning, my voice can just not handle it. Hmm. <clears throat> but yeah, I fully believe that if we take the time to train our brains, we can all access this space. But I fully believe, too, that this space was not meant to be accessed by the public. And me publicly talking about it, um, I don't think is what this community necessarily wanted. Um, so if it is a real thing, and if you're out there and you're listening to this and you're a, a part of this community, um, could you possibly confirm that I'm right? And secondly... I'm sorry to expose you to the world <laughs> if this was a secret society thing. However, I don't think it should be a secret society thing if it is. I think it's something we should all be able to access and create and think about the worlds and spaces we could create in our minds and the places we could go when we're dreaming and how much life could just be evolved into a very next level if we all practice this lucid dreaming and create these collective spaces in our dreams and meet people that we may never have met in in reality that we could meet and hang out with in dreams. Um, it's almost like the internet, you know, being able to access spaces that we wouldn't have been able to access in reality, but through our minds rather than through the computer. If you really want to get far left and go real crazy with me here, um, you could say that maybe the internet is training us to be able to do this. But that's a whole other thing. That's a whole other theory for a whole other day. If we want to think about technology trying to advance our brains beyond. Like, I know that um, a lot of people think that um, social media is a way to train our brains to eventually have, what is it, uh, telepathy? Is that the word? Where you're ba basically able to read each other's minds. Um, that social media is training us to be able to just kind of look at a person and be able to like read what's going on in their mind. And social media is already kind of doing that for us. That eventually, I don't know if you've noticed, but I've definitely noticed that there's patterns in the way what people bring up, what people talk about, that eventually maybe we could uh, develop the ability to reach those minds. But that goes into a whole other theory and a whole other thing, and that gets on a whole other different crazy train that we are not on right now. <laughs> so I am going to switch gears out of uh, the lucid dreaming. We'll get into dreaming and reality hopping in a second, but... Another thing I wanted to bring up is the birds. The birds is something that even my nurses remember me talking about. And I remember when I was coming to a little bit more and was less uh, babbling about crazy things that were happening to me and was really coming into reality, there was things like the birds that I was still fully set on, that I fully believed were real, and it took me months to learn that either they're not real, and I made them up, and but my brain fully remembers them, or they are real, and 
I jumped into a different reality after I died. Let me get into it. Oh my goodness. Hold on one moment. <coughs> oh, I need water today. It is crazy. I don't know what's going on. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay. The birds. So, how, where do I begin with this? From what I remember, what I fully remember, and it feels like a reality memory, not a lucid dreaming memory, not a um, just dreaming memory. It feels like a full memory, like this was a thing in my life. And it's not real, um, at least in this reality. So, the birds... Okay, let me give some backstory. I used to work at the Renaissance Festival. Um, it was a very fun job. I worked as a pirate. Um, I got to know a lot of the community there, and I absolutely loved working Ren Fair. It's one of the funnest jobs that I've ever had. Um, the birds... I believe, were characters at the Renaissance Festival. And it was basically, think furries, but birds. They were people that were in bird outfits. Um, and what they would do is there was a red bird. <clears throat> he, was a, he was a guy. There was a red bird. And then there was a tall yellow bird that had like little black ends on on their on their wings um and and they were a girl and then there was a third bird um I vaguely remember what they look like but there was a third bird and I remember them all kind of being in a polyamorous relationship but that third bird was kind of like <laughs> Kind of like a cuckold, basically, where, um, I don't feel like I need to explain it. I feel like y'all understand what I mean when I say that. <laughs> but, um, they would be at the Renaissance Festival and they would walk around, um, and just kind of, like, mess with people. And the thing that they did was they did fortune telling. Um, and I remember them because at the time, and I know this was a hallucination, was I believed that they came into my hospital room and wanted to uh, read my fortune and my parents told them, no, uh, oh, we don't want that right now. And they went to, you know, another room. But I, I know that for sure was a hallucination. One, because this was during COVID. People were not allowed to walk around in the hospital like they have before. Where I've been in the hospital where I've met, um, like, Miss Colorado of whatever time it was. Um, coming in to just, like, see all the children, blah, blah, blah. It's very interesting when hospitals have, like, guest appearances. Because <laughs> um, it's all these, like, pretty big deal people, I guess, but you can tell that they're only doing it for, um, the clout and the attention, and they're just using you as a, um, as a sympathy 
thing. Um, it's kind of bullshit. But anyway, that's a whole other rant. Um, so I hallucinated that they came into my room and that they were trying to do fortune telling and they pushed them away. I know that that was a hallucination. But I, like, fully remember them. And my hallucination, because, like, when you have drug hallucinations, a lot of the time you hallucinate things you already know because your brain can't make up faces. It can't make up things uh, all the time. Drugs definitely can alter the way things look for sure, um, but your brain can't make up faces. And I remember these people, or these birds rather, so well. Um, that even the nurses were like, oh, are we talking about the birds again? Like, they knew about it. And then when I got out of the hospital, I remember Googling, like, the birds, Renaissance Fair. I remember seeing them at the Renaissance Fair. I remember them walking around. I remember having them in my lives. We never talked. I just knew them as a character. Just like, you know, the king and the queen at the Renaissance Fair, where they just kind of, like, they walk around. There are characters there. The birds were also those characters as well. But they're not real. And this really fucked me up for a while. Not just with the birds, but with a lot of other things. Even talking about, like, the parties that I went to in these um, spaces between reality that we talked about in the last podcast learning that those spaces weren't real spaces that I've been to when my brain processes that as a real solid memory, not just a dream memory, but a real solid memory that after surgery and trying to sort out what was real and what wasn't was really horrifying, to be honest, of like, I don't know what's real anymore. I don't know um, if a lot of my memories are, are real memories or not. And then I got on believing that I think that I have reality hopped um, after I died. And that the birds were real in a reality that I was once in. But they are not in this reality and I've had this reality hop experience before um, when I would trip shrooms that, again, could be just a hallucination. But there was, like, solid evidence <laughs> that these things were real. Um, and when I had, like, my shroom trip, which was, this was the one back in 2018, way before this surgery, um, I also Rolodex through realities. And different realities have different colors and I remember jumping into a blue reality I settled on a blue reality um, back in 2018 and after that I started to notice um, I was vegan at the time and I remember there was a specific chicken patty packaging <laughs> vegan chicken patty packaging that Guardian chicken or Gar the Guardian brand made that no longer exists and I remember it so incredibly clearly and what was most wild about this shroom trip was I tripped with a friend and we did this Rolodex of realities together and 
they too remembered this different packaging and different product than what Gardein currently has. They remember what it looked like. They remembered that it was Gardein, the brand. Um, and they were like, I remember that too. But it, do it doesn't exist. It does not exist in this timeline. And we searched, we looked on their website, we looked through everything. The, the specific packaging that we're thinking about doesn't exist here. And so we were fully set on, we must have jumped realities. And so after my 2020 surgery and experiencing this whole phenomenon with the birds, I realized that I might have jumped realities again. I don't know what color this reality is. But I want to say it's red, but I'm not entirely sure. But that would make the most sense to me for some reason. Um... So let's talk about the difference between reality hopping and dreaming because sometimes they could feel the same. Like even when I'm talking to you right now, you're like, you probably just had a really insane dream that you remember as a real memory. And that is 100% something that definitely happens. And I do believe that it is something that can happen for sure. But the difference between, <clears throat> excuse me, Reality hopping and dreaming is when you wake up from a dream, no matter how real it felt, you still feel rather rested and you're ready for the day. If you reality hop or you visit another reality or you're living in another space while you're dreaming, you will wake up more exhausted than when you went to sleep because you actually didn't get to sleep that whole time. You never got any rest. That and also it's so incredibly realistic, beyond realistic. Um, like you can see pores in people's skin realistic. Um, that's, that's the true way to be able to tell. And again, Maybe it's just a really realistic dream. And maybe I just didn't sleep right. But I don't know. It When you experience it, you will know. It's different than anything. And you feel like you, you, you know you went somewhere. You know that you experienced something else. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh my goodness, this coughing today. It is not letting it happen, so... I apologize. <laughs> Throughout this whole podcast, I'm probably going to be just coughing. <clears throat> Excuse me. So yeah. I I really think that we can jump realities. And we still have the memories of those realities. And you still live in that other reality. I feel like you just kind of switch places with the other version of you. If realities and, and alternate timelines are real... I think that this is a very plausible explanation for it. <laughs> and maybe not. Maybe it's just a dream. Maybe I was just on a lot of drugs. Maybe I just hallucinated so much that my brain now fully believes these things. But I know other people that have also experienced this as well. And maybe it's the chemistry in our brains. Or maybe it's real. I don't know. Take, take with this information as you will, and um, 
we'll move on to the next questions. Um, I do want to circle back eventually and talk about another experience that I have had when it comes to dreamings and reality, but I'm going to leave that towards the end of the podcast because it might choke me up a bit. So we're going to move on to uh, some of the questions um, that I got uh, from, from TikTok when I was first explaining these, these stories and these experiences. So I had someone ask, how long did it feel like I was gone, um, with the coma and with the death? Um, how long did it feel like I was dead? How long did it feel like I was in a coma? And really, I don't know. When I woke up on Wednesday thinking it was Friday, I really did think I experienced all of that uh, within that one day or less, within those 12 hours of surgery, basically. I thought I just went on a crazy, wild dream. Um, And that was just based on reality. And I was like, well, if it's Wednesday, you know, waking up, um, how do I explain this? When you wake up from surgery and somebody says, what, what day is it? Of course, you're going to be like, well, it's the day that I was told that I was supposed to get out. No matter how much you experience in that time where you were quote unquote gone, you're still going to think it's the next day because that's what you were told. So your logic brain kicks in of being like, well, of course it's Friday. And then when you're told that it was Wednesday, you know, almost a week later, then everything starts to make sense. But going back into like my coma and my death, it really felt like a lifetime. Like the experiences that I had there felt like experiences that I had in my current lifetime. Like looking back, it it was almost as if I was recalling memories from five six so years ago not so long ago where it was like 10 years ago but long enough where it was like within the last five years I must have experienced this so how much time passed I don't know really time in this space is not real at all that maybe no time passed maybe years of time passed but it felt like the feeling when you recall a memory from five years ago there's a feeling there's a there's a feeling that you have that feeling was still there when I think about these experiences as if they've happened years ago but not too long ago so how much time passed I don't know I don't know how much time it felt but it I guess felt like years in a sense but also no time at all at the same time Because time just isn't real. Excuse me. Oh my god. So. When I woke up. I felt very different. I. Still. Feel. Like a very different person. And that again brings me to. Maybe I jumped realities. Maybe I really am a different person. What I wrote when I first 
was coming to and waking up in those first couple months of recovery, I remember feeling like, like death was a missed opportunity. Not that I want to die. I don't. But it felt like a missed opportunity, kind of like, you know, if something happens in your life where somebody reaches out to you and you goes, hey, come to this party tonight. And you're like, yeah, you know what? No, you know, I, I got something else to do. And the next day you're like, I really should have went. That's how it feels. And it's, it's something you can kind of shrug off over time, but it definitely feels like something that I missed out on. And I find myself <clears throat> romanticizing death way more now than before and even looking at people or things like that have died or animals that have died and I look at it as a lucky thing now when when people die and when they pass away I'm like good for them you know they they're They've gone into such a wonderful space. <clears throat> Excuse me. And again, that brings me back to romanticizing death, and this is why I put as my podcast as explicit content. Um, because this, maybe I should have had a little bit of a trigger warning before I've said that, but I miss the feeling of death. It's such a wonderful feeling it's beyond any feeling I've ever had before it is just the most relaxing wonderful feeling and I I wish I could experience it and still be alive and so when things die or when people die or when animals die or anything I'm like a little bit jealous in a sense. I find myself getting weirdly jealous of dead things. Finding an even stronger connection with graveyards and feeling peaceful in places where there are dead beings. I... I remember for a while after I died and was in recovery, I had dreams and thoughts and, 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 and voices, kind of, in the back of my head. For a while, they have gone now, but for a while that kept saying, you need to go back, you need to go back, you need to go back. It's almost like death continues to call me back, but at the same time, death won't take me entirely. And I'm not sure why. I am grateful to not be dead, though. Even though I weirdly long for it, I am incredibly grateful to still be here with you all and being able to share my experience and make connections with other people who have 
experienced similar things as well. Um, and during this time, when I was hearing these thoughts and having these dreams, um, I would find <clears throat> perfectly intact dead insects. And what I mean by perfectly intact is, I remember I was outside um, trying to teach myself how to skate post-surgery to try to get my balance back, which is probably a really extreme way of doing it, and I probably shouldn't have, but I was trying to skate on roller skates, on, on um, four, four-wheel roller skates, and I looked down, and there is a bumblebee with its wings fully out, and its legs fully curled in, like perfect, dead on the ground, in perfect condition. Not a single scratch, not a single clip on the wing. The wings were perfectly fully extended. The legs were perfectly folded in. It looks like as if someone put it in that position to display it. And of course, I, I scooped up this little bee. It was very much dead. And I put it in a little jar, and I now still have it in a jar on my altar. And I look at it a lot, and I think about that. And then about a week later, after I found that bee, I found a dragonfly. Again, perfectly intact. Legs perfectly curled in. Wings perfectly expanded out. As if they were to be displayed. I found that dragonfly as well. And I also still have that dragonfly. Um, and I kept finding things like this. And and even um, my partner, who uh, at the time worked in pest control, given they're in pest control, they find, you know, rodent bodies and things like that quite often. But rarely in perfect, again, perfect condition where they found a, a rat body in perfect condition that was decomposing, and all the bones were per perfect. Not a single scratch, not a single bump, not a single crack. It was a perfectly aligned skeleton. Um, and so they gave it to me, and they're like, I feel like you need this. Um, I feel like this is for you. And just the fact that even them being out in their world, and they saw this, and they're like, Lucy needs this. This is for Lucy. It goes to be like, I just felt like death was calling to me again. And maybe it's death, the entity that we've talked about before. But it really felt like I was being reached out to in some way. And after recovering for a while <clears throat> and basically being inside all the time, um, I haven't found these bodies or anything anymore, but I do have those three still on my altar in perfect condition. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh my God. I'm going to drink some water. <coughs> so that brings me to reincarnation <coughs> oh 
my god, my throat is not letting me have this today. <clears throat> I am so sorry, y'all. <laughs> All right. Hopefully, <laughs> my voice can... <clears throat> can work. <laughs> I need to stop doing these in the morning. Apparently it's too early for my voice. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. So reincarnation. This is something that people ask me a lot about, um, on TikTok when I first shared my story. <clears throat> and I have a theory. I think that there is a form of reincarnation, and I've kind of vaguely talked about it in previous episodes. Um, I do think there's a form of reincarnation where we definitely, like, go on into the next uh, reality or space or whatever. Um, but when we, when we die, die. I do not think we come back to the earth we know. I don't think we reincarnate as the baby that's born the next day in our reality, in our timeline, in our space. I think we go into another reality, timeline, dimension that is unlike our current world. That has different laws and different people and different outcomes. I don't think we necessarily reincarnate back into this plane again. It seems redundant, but you know, maybe we do and that's totally fine and that's really cool. Or maybe we just go into the dirt and maybe everything that I'm saying is just not a thing that happens at all. And that brings me to somebody asking me, um, does the world, does the universe have mortality? And <clears throat> I really don't know for sure. <clears throat> they frame the question of like, um, do like the Hitlers of the world get what's coming to them when they die. Like, do, basically, do you go to hell? Do you go to heaven? And I don't think so. I think that we just are. And I don't think the universe necessarily has a great grand plan. I think we're just are. We're just living. We're just being. And maybe there is a big old puzzle to the universe that we need to solve that the universe is trying to get us to solve, but really, I don't think that there is. I think we're just existing and living and being, and I think with that, we need to keep in mind that whether there is a reward when we die or not, we need to make where we are currently and what we know as reality as best as we possibly can and make it, make it that heaven or whatever it is that we wish to be a part of at some point. 
we can make that space here while we're living instead of depending on it when we die. So did I see a heaven when I died? No. But I also didn't die die. I was brought back. So again, and then and that brings me to like when I was talking about when we die and reincarnate, I think when we die and come back, we could come back into a different reality for sure, but we definitely come back onto the same earth. But when we die, die and reincarnate, not only do we switch a reality, I think we also switch earth, not earth. This is so hard to explain. And, <laughs> and this is what sucks about trying to talk about this is because some of these things are so beyond a lot of our comprehension and me trying to even explain it is incredibly difficult so bear with me um think about it as ha think about it like this so there's um oh what are they called mandala effects think about mandala effects and that there's obviously been mandala effects in our life. Um, mandala effects are, to me, proof that we are constantly reality hopping and jumping into other planes. And maybe the reality that we're a part of is broken. Maybe 2012 was the end of one of our timelines. And we've gone into a different one since... Um, and that the, the, the Mayan calendar was correct in the sense of that's when the quote-unquote world ends, but it doesn't end in a sense of the planet exploding. It ends in a sense that we just jump into another reality. That reality has ended. And I feel like we've done this a lot as a community, and maybe we've all gone into different timelines, and the people that we once knew has changed and we're like, you're the same person and we have the same memories, but you're different now. Maybe I've jumped. Maybe I've changed. Maybe I'm somewhere else. Maybe they're switched with an alternate version of themselves. It starts to get to a point where it's so incredibly layered that it's hard to keep up with. But I feel like you can at least kind of understand what I'm trying to say and again all of this is a theory but when we roll back to the main question did I see a heaven no I didn't however another theory and belief that I have is that when you die I think you manifest your own afterlife and there was this is a big thing that I've been talking about on TikTok as well where I believe that when you die and that DMT is released, you see what you want to see. What would make you most comfortable into this dying space? And for me, I saw a very feminine smoke energy named death that is also life. That was gay and flirty and fun. Who loved fruit and veggies and plants and maybe that's because that's what I wanted to see 
because that's the world I want to be in. Maybe all of these quote-unquote hallucinations that I've been having and these experiences that I've been sharing with you are just my version of a perfect reality that I created it in my head. And so when religious people have an NDE experience, a near-death experience, and they see God, it's probably because they wanted to and they manifested it. And that brings back into manifestation, where in all these other realities, manifestation was such an important tool, such a, a normal thing to happen. That I fully believe that manifestation is real, it's just different here. We can't just conjure things out of thin air, no. Maybe over time, if we all collectively do it, we can create it. But I think that we can at least manifest something. Like when people talk about, um, have you, have you ever seen the movie The Secret? The Secret kind of talks about this, where it's, if you think it into existence and you think it into reality and you put in that energy and that work for it, you're going to get it. But you have to believe it will happen. Not say, boy, I sure hope this happens. You say, no, this is what is going to happen. And this is what will happen. And then you actively work to making that happen. That is a form of manifestation in the world. No, it's not you know, having something appear in your hand. But maybe it can be someday, or maybe it just is in other realities and just not in ours. But manifestation is 100% real. And I think that we can definitely tap into that when we die at a more extreme level where we manifest what we want to see. And really, if you think about it, everything that we see and experience in this world is in our own heads. Our eyes, our ears, our mouth all takes in this information and brings it up into our brain to perceive things a certain way that that means what I see may not be what you see. What I hear may not be what you hear and what I taste may not be what you taste even though we're hearing, tasting, and seeing and even smelling the same things. We probably experience it incredibly differently and that's why Some people's favorite colors (laughs) are different than other people's favorite colors and favorite foods are different than other foods is because we're all processing things so incredibly differently that the world that we live in might be all in our head. Just like all of this might be in my head. But what does it mean where if it's in my head, what, why is that not real? That's real to me. That's my truth. That's how I perceive things. That's how I took in the information. It's real to me, but it may not be real to you, and that's okay. Again, talking about how, like, shrimp have 13 color cones in their eyes, or 12 12 or 13, it's something around there. And we have only three. That is solid evidence to me. That there is so much more beyond what we see and perceive. And if you want to um, check out this video, if you look up the egg theory, 
can't remember what channel it's from, but, um, I know the, uh, time, the, 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 um, the picture for it is like a universe with an egg and it's basically going to be the thir first thing that pops up on YouTube. Look into that because that one's also a very interesting theory as well where basically the gist of the egg theory is that we are all the same people and when we die we um just live someone else's life. Everybody, okay, let me think. Everybody on this planet is us and we're all we're all one being living all people and eventually we live every single life on this earth from every single perspective until we eventually turn into a god and that's that theory and that can jump into that reincarnation theory where personally I don't think like one of my theories that I've made I don't think we jump back into this earth but that ache theory is basically reincarnation where we do come back into this earth and this space and this world that we know and we experience it from every single perspective and every person's eyes and everybody we've ever met we live every single life on this earth until eventually we become a god and I think that's a very cool theory and I really like it a lot um I don't know if I fully believe it for me personally but I love the idea of it and I wouldn't be upset if that was one given actually I take that back maybe I would be a little upset because the world we live in is so cruel and evil and horrible that I don't know if I'd want to go and live through this world over and over and over and over and over again but the whole point of the egg theory is that we do have to live through this over and over and over and over again to fully understand everything in the world because then we see everything from everybody's perspective and think about like oh, they have such an old soul, or they have such a young soul, maybe they're further along in their journey, in that egg journey, or maybe there's somebody who has reincarnated over and over and over again and has come back to this earth in, in, in a different theory like that, or maybe they're just somebody that's figured it out a lot faster than the rest of us. I don't know. All these theories, I think, are very fun to think about. Um, but I wouldn't take any of these theories as fact. Just roll with them, and whichever one you vibe with, you vibe with. But I'm not trying to sit here and tell you this is real, this is what's happening, this is truth. I, I don't even think it's truth either. This is just my experience and what I believe. And what my experience and what I believe may not be your experience and what you believe, and that's okay. Because in the end, maybe it is all in our head. Maybe everything we perceive is just what we want to perceive. And maybe manifestation is something we need to work on to overall be better to each other. So then that brings me to, is God real? <laughs> This is one I got asked a lot on TikTok, um, and it's a video that blew up <laughs> and made me basically TikTok famous for a hot second there, and me talking about if God is real. I didn't see God, but 
that doesn't mean that God isn't real. Again, backtracking to, we manifest our own afterlives. I think if you want to see God, and if it is all in our heads, then God is real for you. And that is amazing and a wonderful thing that you can be able to connect in that sense. However, I think it's important to remember that not everyone wants to believe in God. And having us constantly push down religion down people's throats, I think is very unhealthy when, for me personally, I, I don't have a relationship with God. I was raised Christian. I had the opportunity for sure. Um, but I learned that, you know, God is just not for me. I, it's just something I personally don't want to subscribe to. So of course, when I died, I didn't see God. Um, but I don't think that other people seeing God, I don't think they're wrong. I think they're 100% right. I think that if you do believe in God and you do believe that he's real, then you will see him. You will manifest him into your life. And it's definitely a real thing that can happen. And there's some people that uh, I see your comment, Allison. Thank you so much for engaging. I appreciate you. Um, Allison here says, um, there have been atheists that have seen God in their NDEs. And I, I do agree with that. I think that's definitely something that can happen. But that still shows that they had some sort of belief as well that there is a God. And given when I was talking about like the death entity that I saw, maybe that is God. I don't know. Maybe we have words that we use that some people think that word means one thing and other people think that word means another thing. Or maybe there's just not a word for it. And so we're like, well, I guess that's God. And that's really cool. And I think that's really interesting. But again, it brings it back to we believed it into existence and therefore it is real and therefore manifestation is real. So then the next question I got asked a lot was, is there a hell? Maybe, maybe not. What I experienced, I don't, I wouldn't call hell, but somebody else might be like, oh my god, I went to hell because after all this wonderful experience that I had with the death entity, after, um, you know, having those Acoma parties and things, after I left those parties, I then was in there so long that, one, I realized that I was no longer in reality. And the moment I realized that and was aware that I was asleep is when... Um, the nightmare loops started happening. And I would experience a, the same nightmare over and over and over again. And I would know what was about to happen. And I would try to change the outcome. And it would still happen to me. And I remember one, and tr trigger warning, this is going to be a, about a, a assault. I had one where... I was running through this, like, uh, tunnel, basically, and a, a gang of 
white guys came up and started assaulting me. Um, and I remember being saved by a, a person of color, a black person in this scenario and, and, and thanking them. And I would relive this over and over and over again, where I was just assaulted by white men and being saved by this black man over and over again, and being so incredibly thankful that even when I tried to, when I was reliving it, I would try to find, um, this black man over and over again before it would happen, but he wouldn't come until what happens happens. And I was in this loop for a long time. Um, there was other loops that I had as well in other possible realities that I visited, um, that a lot of us would totally think that that was a version of hell. And like, even just the other day I was watching Loki where, um, the, <laughs> the TVA puts Loki in this loop of a memory of him getting hit over and over and over again. And I remember watching it and being like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> that's kind of what happened to me in a weird sense where it's like, maybe that is like a version of hell or maybe it's not. Maybe that's just a word we use for when bad things happen. I know in a, um, I talked to a guest that is going to be on the podcast next week and we're definitely going to go into this of the origination of hell and what it actually is, um, and that it originally was a place on earth that people would go to, and then eventually it just became so big and scary that they're like, and then you'll go there when you die, and you'll be eternally, um, you know, uh, tortured in this world, when the, the origination of hell, um, was just kind of like the dump down the street that you didn't want to go to, but we'll talk about that more in the in next week's episode because I we do plan to talk about that. But to rewind a bit, another thing to think about with hell is maybe I was just going into other worlds and timelines, realities outside of those nightmare loops because those were horrible, and I think those were just nightmares. But I would also visit other places that were real realities and real worlds. And they were also not great and not fun. And other people might describe that as an experience of hell. Maybe it's all the different seven layers of hell. Maybe one of them is these nightmare loops. And the other ones is just figuring out all these other uh, realities. But think about it. If, you're, if you fall asleep in 2005, think about how you were in 2005. And you fall asleep. And then you wake up mid-pandemic, mid-riots and everything in 2020 you would think that you also woke up in a hell when really that's just the reality. And maybe places that I experienced and places that I woke up in were other realities. Maybe they were the future. Maybe they were the past. It definitely felt like hell. But I fully believe that it wasn't. I think that's just the word we use for when bad things happen to us that we can't explain. And I don't think I would have been stuck there I think what happened was I got scared because I realized I couldn't wake up, even though I forced myself to wake up, that I immediately went into a panic mode and the rest of my brain decided to panic with me and create these horrible scenarios. Some may say that's hell, though, and that very well could be, and maybe I did visit hell, but personally, I don't think that I did. 
What I did learn, though, is in these other timelines, in these other realities, whether it's the future, the past, these places that I visited, they were all going through big, huge changes, just like us, um, that had very negative side effects. And I remember talking to these people in the Acoma state and these Acoma parties, being like, yeah, you know, my reality's not doing great. You know, things aren't the best. I wish things would get better. And we're always constantly trying to strive to be better and get better. Um, and I think we need to continue to do that and not just give up on the world that we have. We need to do better and try to create this heaven or, or whatever you want to call it here on earth because we can't depend on dying to answer all of our questions we should be able to do that for ourselves so the next question i got asked was what does death smell like and i thought this was a very interesting question keep in mind when i died i died in the hospital with an oxygen tube, an oxygen tank, you know, uh, you know, fully hooked up to everything. So for me, death smells like oxygen. Yes, oxygen has a scent and it's specifically the oxygen that is in tanks. It has a smell to it. We can't smell the oxygen we're breathing right now, but the oxygen in tanks have a very specific smell and then also the smell of plastic tubing that when I was in recovery at home and I was still on an oxygen tank I would still have flashback and nightmares at times when I would smell it a little too deeply um, of these spaces that I went and go back into some of these nightmare loops even after I was home in my own bed I would still experience these spaces and jump there and over time eventually they did go away but for me death smelt like plastic tubing and oxygen but it might be different for somebody else if somebody dies in a fire their death might smell like smoke if somebody dies you know in any other scenario it's going to probably smell like what's around them I don't know if our scent is really taken into account when it comes to dying, if there's a different scent for death. <laughs> um, I think it's just whatever's around us. And a lot of people with NDE experiences can't handle the smell of whatever space they were in after they've experienced it. Just kind of like think about, you know, the first time you've gotten super sloshed drunk and now you just, like, for me, it was rum. I got super slosh drunk for the first time on rum that now even tasting rum makes me want to gag. I feel like anybody else who's had an NDE experience will probably feel the same about that smell that they smelled right when they died because it brings them back to that space and they're like, oh, geez, you know, that's bad. And now our brain has recognized that as a bad smell. But I did, I did really like that question. I thought that was a very interesting question. The next question that I got was, um, did I see a loved one who passed away when I died? So a loved one that's already dead, um, did I see them when I died? 
And I know a lot of people do. I know a lot of people are visited by loved ones when they pass. Um, I was not, unfortunately. But at the same time, I didn't have many people that were close to me that have died. Um, just one. And I... This is the part that I was talking about earlier where it's talking about dreaming and stuff where I'm probably going to get a little bit choked up. Um, but my person who was close to me, who has died, his name is Kelly. Um, Kelly. Sorry, excuse me. Kelly was a friend that I had in high school. Um, we both had, I obviously still have heart disease, but we both had heart disease in high school. Um, and we knew each other through friend groups and we would hang out and we were pretty good friends. Um, Kelly, Kelly had a huge crush on me and I, and I knew that. Um, and I cared about him so incredibly deeply and I did want a relationship with him but in high school at the time I knew that I was very reckless um I was you know jumping from boyfriend to boyfriend I was just partying all the time and I remember we were out on some sort of I think it was like a camping trip or something but we were sitting in the back of his car and you know, we kind of confessed to each other that we cared about each other. And I told him, I was like, I do want a relationship with you, but I want to wait until after high school when I figured my shit out because you're very important to me. And I don't want to, I don't want to mess that up. And I don't want to ruin <laughs> your life based on my, um, recklessness because he, he was he was very important to me so I remember post high school um the friend group that we were in we were all hanging out playing video games one day and um I'm I'm deeply invested in a video game I'm staring at the screen and I hear Kelly behind me go like hey like I'm heading out everybody see you later and I didn't turn away from the screen I just waved my hand behind me kept my eyes locked on the screen and went okay bye and and waved and he left and it was shortly after that where he passed away um and so of course I went to the funeral and all the friends knew that Kelly was deeply in love with me, I guess. Um, and um, they kept telling me, they kept telling me to leave, that I wasn't allowed there, that I didn't belong there, that I should go home that I, I broke Kelly's heart, that I led him on, um, and, and now, now he's dead, <laughs> and, uh, and I was terrible to him, because I didn't give him a chance when I could have, uh, 
but I knew at that funeral that uh, I needed to stay because if I left, I would have beat myself up about it because I knew how much I cared about him. And even though I seemed like a crazy, reckless teen that was just running around and <laughs> basically sleeping with everybody and not with him because I cared about him and I didn't want to break his heart, um, everybody thought that I was just a total piece of shit and that I was just playing with him. Um, but I still stayed at the funeral and his family came up to me and they were so nice. They still are sweethearts. Um, and they told me, we're really appreciative of you being here. We know how important you are to Kelly. Thank you so much for coming. And hearing that from the family after all of the friends were telling me to get the hell out was so nice. And she told me, um, it was an open casket. She told me, if I wanted to put anything in the casket, anything that's put in with Kelly, um, would be cremated with him so he could have it forever. And at the time I had, um, well, a little backstory, uh, Kelly was a very short person with very big feet, um, from his heart disease, uh, it stunted his growth. So he had like size 13 feet, but he was five feet tall or like something around there. Um, and, um, so we always joked that he was a real-life hobbit. <laughs> and um, I had a keychain on me, on my keys, that had, you know, the one, way, ring, the one ring from Lord of the Rings on it. And um, at the funeral, I, I took off that one ring off the keychain, and I looked at Kelly in the casket, and I, I put it on his chest. And I told him that I loved him and that I was sorry if I ever hurt him. But I was mostly told him that I just wanted to protect him because I cared about him so much. Um, so, after he was cremated, he started visiting me in dreams, and these dreams, these were back in 2013, 2014, around there, way before I got into any sort of psychedelics or looking into any of this, and I was definitely a skeptic of all this crazy stuff that I'm talking about now. Um, he would visit me in dreams. <laughs> And I remember when he first visited me, he, he told me that he loved me and, um, he will always love me. And I told him that I will always love him. <laughs> and he, he s was very much at peace and he told me like, you know, it's all okay. Um, not that he necessarily, like, forgave me for what I was doing, but basically just kind of, like, understanding of why I didn't want to pursue a relationship with him yet, and he understood it. Um, and we had a really great talk about it. And then he continued to visit me 
for several years after that, and when he visited me, this was the, the most bizarre thing, and this is why I really believe it was him visiting me in dreams, is as time went on, he aged. He grew. He, you know, came into his his face more. He, he I, I watched him turn into a man, from a boy into a man. Um, he told me, he's given me life advice in these dreams. He's told me to, um, date certain people. And, uh, the person he once told me to date was, um, my, my last partner that I had, uh, his name was Spencer. And, um, I remember having a dream and having Kelly be like, this might sound crazy. Um, he's basically like, date Spencer. Um, Spencer will give you the kind of relationship we would have had if I was still around. And, um, Kelly was very into Legend of Zelda. And, um, now I kind of take it as all of my partners need to at least have some sort of love for Legend of Zelda because then I know that, um, Kelly is at least proud of my choice <laughs> of whoever I decide to date. But yeah, I remember Kelly telling me to date Spencer and basically saying like, um, Spencer will give you the relationship, like the type of relationship we would have had. Um, and me and Spencer have broken up since uh, we're no longer together I think it's been about three years since we've broken up but we are still best friends it was still one of the best relationships I've ever been in in my life and I didn't date Spencer just because Kelly told me to I also love and care about Spencer as well but getting Kelly's blessing and hearing Kelly say that really meant a lot to me um and that's why, again, I believe being able to reality hop or speak to those who have died or that all of this, there's so much more to this world than we're perceiving. And there's so much more going on than we're fully aware of. And I think we often get pulled to different things like <laughs> trying to survive under capitalism if you're here in America like me where we shouldn't need to do this there's so many other things in this world that we could be working towards instead of just working a job you know five to seven days a week um you know nine to five if not longer for some of us we could be focusing and putting our energy into other things if we didn't have to constantly be fighting for survival here. We need to do something so we can access these wonderful things in this world and, and be able to maybe see things beyond, experience things beyond what we currently have because I think what we currently see and believe is a really diluted version of what it could be. Of what this world, this reality could be. And again, we could have heaven here on earth. 
if we put the energy into it. But maybe all of this is just a hallucination. Maybe all of this is just dreams. And you know what? That's okay. For me, in my world, in my reality, it brings me comfort knowing these things and experiencing these things. And I, I like it. It makes my life a little bit more fun and a little bit more worth living. So find whatever it is that makes you tick. And if people think it's weird or don't understand it, that's okay. They don't need to. Live your truth, your reality. Just be kind to one another. And let's try to create this wonderful, beautiful space instead of depending on death to bring it to us. So another thing I want to talk about, and I know this episode is getting a little longer than usual, but I want to make sure to fit all of this in before I start bringing on guests. Um, Another thing that's really cool about the world that we live in is organ donations and how being a receiver of an organ can change you. Um, I bring this up because Kelly, he had an organ donated to him. His heart was donated to him. Um, and without this other person's heart, I would have never been able to get to know him. And for me, I have... Um, I've had a pig valve and then a cow valve, and now I have a pig valve again in my heart that keeps me ticking and keeps me going. Something I've learned about organ donations and receiving them is you will receive, um, personality traits or even skills from the donor. Now, when it comes to animal donations, it's a little bit different A very common side effect of animal donations is anxiety because, um, maybe a trigger warning here, um, when animals die, they're not killed in a very humane way that when they die, they get anxiety and they freeze up and then when you die, that anxiety solidifies itself into the muscle and it stays into that muscle that when an a, a donor, um, or when, when someone who needs the organ, it has it donated to them, they often experience severe anxiety after that because they have now taken on that anxiety from that muscle that is now just permanently set into it because that's how the animal felt when it died. But then on a very cool scale when it comes to organ donations is people that have had organ donations from other humans then will sometimes take on personality traits or even skills of the person that donated to them. So say somebody got maybe a kidney or even a heart donation and they never painted before in their life, 
but after they get this donation, suddenly they feel the need to paint and suddenly are an incredible artist. And then they find out that the person that donated them their organ was also an incredible artist. And it just makes you think. It just makes you wonder how, if there's something that, like, it feels like what we would call magic (laughs) at that point. That it's like, I donated an organ to you, and now you've developed part of my personality or skill because I donated an organ to you. That's wild and insane. And it brings us back to the puzzle of the universe that we live in is so insane that there's so many things that we just don't understand or can comprehend. But there's something there for sure. And we're all secretly connected. (laughs) And we all should be working together to create a better space in a better world that we live in. And that's kind of the main theme of this entire episode, I guess, today is let's not depend on death to bring us happiness. Let's try to create happiness here in this world because there's so many cool things that are happening and there's so much more to this puzzle that is the universe that we live in. But that's where I'm going to end the podcast today. (laughs) Thank you for joining me on this journey. Um, In listening to my story, no matter how crazy or roller coaster of a story it may seem, I appreciate you even getting this far with me. Um, We do plan to have guests. And like I said at the beginning of the episode, um, I'll be moving to once a month for the podcast. That way I can make sure to get guests on here and I can already tell that with my first guest it's going to be probably multiple episodes um which is wonderful and I'm very excited for you to meet them um make sure to be an organ donor not to immediately just start advertising about something but make sure you're an organ donor because that is the best way to carry on your um, life beyond the grave is by helping somebody else so other people like me have the experience to get to know other Kellys of the world and so people like me can continue to live another day be an organ donor make sure to have that little heart on your ID it's very important for her everyone and when you're dead you don't need it anymore it's okay you can still be cremated and everything you can still go about all that just fine but you'll also be able to help another person in this world and we all need to be helping each other a little bit more i hope you have a lovely rest of your day and i will see y'all next week with our first guest goodbye